Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want Salon Perfect Nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny system, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny system with code PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. On DAB Digital Radio and 1089 and 1053 AM, Fight Night with Adam Catterall on Talk Sport. Evening, welcome. It is Fight Night, live on Talk Sport. You're home for boxing uh, with me, Adam Catterall. We've got an absolute cracking show lined up for you tonight as we get giddy in the sweet shop about a certain fight that's happening in the early hours of the morning over in the United States of America. Madison Square Garden is the venue for Lomachenko versus Linares, so every couple of minutes we're probably going to drop it into conversation. Uh, with me tonight... Uh, from the Fight Disciples podcast, it is uh, Nick Pete. How are you, buddy? Good, mate. Yeah, very good. Excited. Uh, every time I mention Lomachenko's name, he does smile, so therefore watch out if he just interrupts conversation and starts talking about him throughout the course of the show. Uh, and of course, a man that we've been talking about quite a lot of recently, trainer extraordinaire. Absolutely. The most exciting stable in the UK at this moment in time. Tick, tick. He's smiling from ear to ear is the boy, and it's only going to get better as the year of 2018 does progress. It is, of course, Jamie Moore. Welcome to the show. High praise indeed. Well, mate, that's what you're here. I'm deserved. not going to do, do... Look at him now, self-praising there. Deserved. It's absolutely <laughs> that, deserved. That actually wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all, mate. Absolutely deserved. And that's why you're here, because at some point this evening, we are going to speak about that epic night that we had. We were ringside in Liverpool for Tommy Cole's fantastic performance. You were obviously in Belfast that night with uh, Carl putting on probably the best performance of his career. Some might still say uh, Santa Cruz. We would say Nanita Denaire. We'll get to that later on and get your opinion on that as well. And we've got some cracking fights lined up for some of your other fighters as well. Jack's in uh, action next week at Leeds. He's on Ellen Road. Yeah, and then uh, we've got uh, Martin Murray going for world title honours. The trinkets are coming to the VIP gym, my boy. Certainly are, mate. There you go. Look at him smiling away in here, eh? I can only deal with one smug guy on the show. I can't have two of them. I, I, I'm always smiling. <laughs> anyway, it's all coming up uh, throughout the course of the show, so make sure you, you stick with us. Eddie Hearn's going to be with us in about 10 minutes as well, talking about this billion-dollar deal in the United States of America. Crawler will be here in around about half an hour to talk about the big fight tonight because he's got personal experience, obviously, of Linares. And later on, we are going to try and get all the Callasowland as we... Uh, First of all, talk about Season 2 of the World Boxing Super Series. We're all excited about that. And then, of course, uh, we will be uh, picking his brains about what's going on with the Season 1 finales. What's all this about uh, Eubank Jr. replacing George Groves, all right? So we'll get some answers for you a little later on in the show, so make sure you stick with us. However, right now, it's time to get to the big stories of the week. I'm not going to go too much into the first big story of the week because I've kind of already mentioned it and he's going to be here in 10 minutes' time. A billion dollars on the table, 16 fights a year over the next eight years in the United States of America. 
uh, with a brand new platform to all get excited about. He says he's taking over the game. Is he the most powerful man in boxing at this moment in time? We'll speak to Eddie Hearn in the next 10 minutes on that. I'm going to leave it there and move on to the second big story of the week. World Boxing Super Series have signed up three world champions for season two. This is what it's all about. We got excited when the Cruiserweights named all four world champions in uh, season one. They've already named three in the bantamweight division. Burnett, Tete and Rodriguez, who we caught up with uh, last week, who put on an absolute clinic against Paul Butler. Dead exciting times. I've no doubt they'll be adding another one in the not-too-distant future. And in an hour from now, we'll be speaking to Callis Howland uh, to get the ins and outs of season two. Number three on the big list this week... The wait is over. Are you ready for a cheesy grin? Lomachenko, Linares. We are near enough two hours away from the programme starting and about four hours away from ring walks in New York City. It is going to be like an episode of Strictly Come Dancing with the footwork that he's going to be on display later on. Get excited, because we will. If you don't know anything about him, this show hopefully uh, will educate you over the next couple of hours or so. Um, Jay, you must be dead excited about that. I mean, what a fight. Lomachenko, yeah. Linares. I think... The best footwork in the business on show tonight, do you think? I think he's the most evasive fighter. Um, his footwork's phenomenal. You're talking Lomachenko now, yeah? Absolutely, yeah. I think, um, for me, he's top of the tree, pound for pound list. Um, and to be saying that um, about somebody who's so inexperienced as a, as a pro. professional fighter mm. is, a, is some statement. But, you know, he's a fantastic fighter. He's like the Matrix. You can't you can't barely land a glove on him. Mm. And, uh, you know, Lenares is a phenomenal fighter, but I think he's got his work out tonight. Well, let's talk stats, right? Because you get excited stats, Nick, when we talk about Lomachenko. Nick's going to tell you a story now from 2008 when he saw him at Green Bank Leisure Centre in Liverpool <laughs> at the World Championships. This is what you're going to tell me now, aren't you, yeah? When you saw a young Lomachenko, still as an amateur, when he went on to obviously have an amateur record of 397 fights and one loss. I'd just like to point out that one loss was uh, uh, sorted out on two separate occasions. He knocked the kid out and then decided to punish him over a longer period of time just to, just to ram home that he was the better fighter. That's his amateur stats. You've seen him in the flesh. How good is this kid? Uh, as Jamie just said, then he's, he's the best, potentially the best that's ever done it. You know, we, we haven't seen anyone move like this before. His shot selection is absolutely ridiculous. He can fight orthodox, he can fight southpaw, he can put people away, he can carry people through rounds. He, he's literally got everything in his locker. And if you know, if you, if you listen to the show now and you mm. haven't seen Lomachenko fight yet, do yourself a favour, tune in tonight because this is what boxing is all about. And for me, this is the best fight of the year so far. This has got the potential to absolutely catch fire. Don't forget, we've been treated to Linares a couple of times on these shows. Yeah. And on every occasion, he's been outstanding. Yeah. You know, he, he climbed up off the deck, I know, against Kevin Mitchell, but he came to Manchester. And he was brilliant against Absolute Anthony. clinics, absolute clinics against mm. Crawler. So this guy is right up there. This guy is top 10 pound for pound. But for me, Lomachenko is the number one. And we're going to see, we're going to see that tonight. We're going to see hmm. what happens when greatness collides. Well, let's not uh, rule Linares out there because he is technically the bigger man. This is a, a step up in weight for Lomachenko. He's uh, third weight and he is going to set a world record if he pulls this off. 12th fight, as Jamie was alluding to, in his professional career. And if he does it, that's a world record, a three-weight world champion by his 12th fight, which is absolutely uh, ridiculous. But can he carry that power? That's the thing. Can he carry the power up to this weight? Um, Carrying the power up... is. I don't think it's going to make as big a difference as it might do if he was going up against someone who's been a career lightweight. You know, you've got to think Lenares has come through the weights himself. Yeah, yeah. good point. So four weights, hasn't he? Four weights, yeah, champ. No, it's the same feather, super feather, and lightweight. Same. All right, okay. Yeah, so so I don't think there's that good, going to be that much uh, size difference. Lenares does look a slight, slightly naturally bigger at the weigh-in, 
But I think power-wise, I think it's hard enough to to keep Lenares, um sort of in his in his um, pocket, so to speak. But I just think that it's it's more about him making him miss, making him pay from frustrating from, from angles what he doesn't see. So I don't think it's as much about power as much as mm. timing and speed. Well, we've seen that with previous fighters, haven't we? Because for those that don't know, Lomachenko is on a bit of a streak at the moment. The last four fighters, and we're not talking about mugs, we're talking about world champions that have been in with Lomachenko. They've all quit on the stool. No whether, whether Whether their uh, corner have pulled them out or they've decided to fake an injury or whatever it may be. And we're talking about elite guys, guys that have won Olympic gold medals, guys that have won world championships, decided to have none of it. And I think it's what exactly what Jamie's just said there. They've been embarrassed. Yeah. They've not been able to lay a glove on the kid and they've thought, sack this for a game of soldiers, I'm going home. That's it. It's not like they're getting beat up terribly or anything. It's not like they're getting battered and bruised, but it's just that the fact that he embarrasses guys so much. These are guys who are world champions and yet you get in there with Lomachenko and you think wow, I, I thought I'd clocked the game, but yeah. I've been playing the wrong game. This guy's got a completely different set of rules. And, you know, I think he's, he backed Linares into a corner ahead of this fight as well. Linares has said, I won't quit. I certainly won't quit. The fact that Linares' brother is cornering him tonight as well for the first time, Linares' brother certainly isn't going to pull, pull their kid out. So I think this could become a bit of a 12-round beating if Linares can stand up to it for that long. Mm. How much do you make of that um, new corner for Linares? Because obviously he's... For years was Ismail Salas. Ismail Salas obviously kind of ditched him in a way to for the for the money of David Hare last week. Let's yeah. let's that's the what that's what exactly what happened. And now obviously he's got a new corner for the biggest fight of his life. Yeah, he's experienced. You know, it won't be great, won't be ideal, but I don't think it'll make that much of a difference. Not really from Lenardis's point of view, but Lomachenko, for me, will will dominate and dictate from whichever style mm. he wants. He'll get him on the back foot. Um, he'll allow him to come forward. I think he'll dominate and dictate. Um, just going back to what you said there, Nick, about you know he could potentially go down as the greatest fighter ever. That is exactly what he's trying to do. And there's a big difference between someone like Lomachenko and someone like Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather tried to, you know, as fantastic a fighter as he was, he tried to just allow himself to become the greatest fighter ever. He never really went out there and went, you know what? I'm, for instance, Manny Pacquiao, he could have made that fight happen when it should have happened. Yeah. Yeah. And if you look at Lomachenko and what he's doing, he would have done that. He would have gone out there and said, I'm going to prove myself to be the best fighter ever. Floyd Mayweather had that chance to do it and never really did. Mm. And that's what Lomachenko was doing. He's trying to go out there and say, listen, I'm the greatest fighter ever. Well, we've only seen him 11 times, 12 times tonight, and we're already saying it, man. We're already saying it. We're looking forward to it, and there'll be more on this throughout the course of the show. Uh, coming up next, stick around, because uh, a man that's probably got the biggest... Well, he's got a bigger grin than Jamie Moore, right? And that's saying something, because he's smiling at the moment in time, because his gym's on fire. This case has got a billion dollars to spend. A billion. That's not, I'm not exaggerating. He's got a billion dollars to spend on fights in the United States of America. He's changing the face of boxing. We're going to be speaking to Eddie Hearn next. Don't go anywhere. You listen to Fight Night on TalkSport. <laughs> An incredible $1 billion deal over eight years for 16 live shows a year across America, promoted by Matchroom Boxing with Perform on their platform, DAZN. Recently, we made our move into boxing in America, but there were certain things that I needed to be able to take boxing here to a new level. I needed a platform that would give us a huge volume of dates. Then I needed a lot of money. I needed artillery, and we're dangerous with artillery, let me tell you. And now we've got it. $1 billion over eight years. We have by far the biggest rights budget in the sport of boxing. Uh, the dulcet tones of Eddie Hearn there, talking about the new deal this week. 
uh, which everybody seems to be talking about, a billion dollars, 16 fights over an eight-year period. Sensational stuff. You're listening to Talk Sport. This is Fight Night. We are going to keep you up to date, by the way, with everything that's going on in Bolton at this moment in time. Uh, Huey Fury, Sam Sexton for the British heavyweight title. Uh, they're in the ring now. Ring announcement's just about going on, so we'll keep you up to date uh, with everything that is going on there. However, before I introduce our next guest, and we've just heard from him there, obviously, talking about uh, everything that's going on in his world uh, in New York earlier on this week, I think it's only fair that we introduce him properly, all right? Because this, when I saw this this week and I saw him addressing the American uh, press, I just thought to myself, this, is, this has got Rod Tidwell lined all over it, man. This has got a little bit of this. It's got just a touch of this lined up. This is where it's at. Eddie, when you're ready, you can join in with me anytime. Come on, show me the money. Yeah, yeah, no, no, show you the money. Can you, can you, can you hear me, Eddie? Show me the money. Show me the money. Show me the money. Show me the money. My favourite How are you, Mr. Hearn? You're good? I'm very well. Sadly, um, me and Tony Bellew privately do that to each other he, and he calls me Jerry and I have to call him Rob Sidwell this is a true story it's incredibly sad but we do do it on a regular basis Listen, nothing surprises me with that relationship. No, Sensational. No, no. Now, listen, I'm just going to give a little bit of synopsis for the fans that have, uh, have maybe missed this this week. I don't know where you've been if you've missed it because it's absolutely tremendous, right? So um, you've teamed up with the Perform Group, right, for uh, the biggest yeah. ever deal in boxing, $1 billion, 16 fights over an eight-year period. This is all going to be um, shown on the Zone. Uh, mm-hmm. over in the United States. None of those fights are going to be pay-per-view. It's a subscription-only thing. Think very similar to Netflix for sports. Yeah. Um, UK fight fans get all of that as part of their Sky package. So it's an extra 16 fights for UK fight fans. And American fight fans will also get the 16 fights that you already do in the UK over in the States on their subscription service. Have I kind of nailed it? I'll tell you what, I think you need a job with us. No, I'll get about any time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, very good, very good. Yeah, spot on, spot on. Um, 16 shows a year, obviously, promoted across America for eight years. Just, just brilliant. I mean, you know, we've been sort of flirting with the idea of moving over there, setting up an office. We've done that now in New York. We've got about six people already working for us. They're going to grow the team, grow the staff. And, and it's what you need. You need a broadcaster. You need a load of dates. You need the money for the rights fees. Otherwise, you just can't grow a team. And now we've got that in abundance. And I really mm. think we can grow a great stable out there. Well, let, let's talk about this from a fighter point of view, right? Because I've done a little bit of maths and exchange rates and stuff like that, and it works out at around about £5.7 million sterling per mm. event. Nobody's yeah. getting weighed in like that in America. Nobody's, no. nobody, nobody's fighting for purses like that. So if you're a fighter no. over there, you must be thinking, see ya, I know where I'm going. Yeah, that's right. I mean, the way we're going to run it is they want real big shows and they want four absolute monsters. And the four monsters will be similar to a big HBO or Showtime pay-per-view event. Those ones over there are $99 for a pay-per-view. Yeah. 70 quid. I mean, I would get lynched over it if I started putting the money price up to 70 quid on the pay-per-view. So the money will be allocated accordingly. It's a great opportunity. And, and you know, we want to build from the bottom to the top. Obviously, we want to sign the marquee fighters as well. No word of a lie, I must have had 70 or 80 approaches since the press conference from world champions, I bet. Um, you know, amateurs, guys just turned over. It's really interesting times. We, we've got to be smart. We can't just go out there gun-ho and, you know, just sign everybody and then we can't give them what we've promised them or what they need. So I think one of the major problems in America is, is that the big fighters just don't have the activity levels. And now we can do that. You know, we can box the young Olympians and national champions eight times a year. We can box the world champions three or four times a year. And 
you know, it's going to be a really interesting month or so while we go out and, and start building the stable. Eddie, what does this mean for Anthony, Joshua? Uh, because obviously, with all due respect to everybody else um, regarding those purses, he's probably surpassed that that level and he's into the, the big pay-per-view money at this moment in time. What If he does go to America, which is hotly tipped, what platform will he be fighting on? Will he be fighting on this platform or will he still be well, open for Showtime and HBO and people well, like that? Showtime deal is up. So we're talking to everybody. We're obviously talking to Showtime because they're the first guys that invested in him. Yeah. Our new partners, the zone, of course, want Anthony Joshua. They can pay more money than anyone else. But there's other things to consider. And also, you know, we're looking at the Wilder fight. So that could be a Showtime pay-per-view fight. It's all, it's all up really for discussion at the moment. The, the major thing for AJ is planning his next fight. I was just on the phone to him a minute ago, actually, meeting up this week. And we've got to start making some decisions. Um, you know, we know the fights that are on the table. Conversations are ongoing with Wilder. AJ really wants to fight in the UK next. But obviously, it's a big opportunity to fight Wilder in America. And it's something we're considering strongly. So there's that is that what uh, a telephone emoji with followed by flames means on your uh, on your Twitter this afternoon, mate? That's <laughs> no, what that, it means. No, that, no, that was that was uh, just my phone going mad. I mean, I've had <laughs> oh, no, obviously numbers I don't know. You know, San. I just had one a minute ago, San Antonio, Texas. I'm, I'm not I'm not going to pick them up because it could be anyone. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Amongst the seventy or eighty phone calls that I've had from fighters, there have been a dozen or so uh, stinkers. So like. Um, I'm just really taking it all in, looking at the landscape, waiting for people to contact me. But um, San Antonio, LA, New York, Vegas, the phone calls have been coming in all day. So um, with AJ, it's just a case really of, you know, taking our time, making the right decisions. We know we've got a great opportunity to try and become AJ, to become the undisputed great champion of the world. And he'd love to do it in the UK. Mm. But, we have had an offer that is of interest to us. We have to explore it more, which we've been doing over the last week or so. And I always get the question, you know, is it close? Is it close? How's that going? And the truth is the communication is back and forth, which is good news. Yeah. You know, we're talking regularly. They're answering our questions now. And um, you know, I'm hopeful that fight can get over the line at some point. Well, listen, just do me a favour, right, because my wife's on at me about booking the summer holidays, yeah? Is it before or after August? That's all I need to know. And if it's in the middle it's of August, just look... Definitely after. Right, that's all right. That's all good, yeah. because she just bought Tori Molinos. Mate, oh, right. no, no, no. So, yeah. Yeah, I've just done Tori Molinos in August. I can't be doing it. <laughs> I think if it's in the UK, it'll be in September. And if it's in, if it's in Vegas or New York, it'll probably be more like November. So Okay. Um, and will I that be his next August. one? Will there won't be one before it or not? No, I think it'll be the next one. I mean... You know, they want to do the fight in Vegas or New York in November, yeah. December. We'd like to box a little bit earlier than that. But, you know, could we box in August and then go in December? Maybe. But, you know, if you, I think if you get the Wilder fight, it's probably one you go straight. You know, it's going to be a lot of uh, build-up and obviously media tours and stuff like that. I think for AJ, it just feels that, you know, we've done all this work in, in England. We've really built something very, very special. And when we get the big one, the Coupe de Gras, we sort of clear off and... You know, British fight fans may only get allocated seven or 8,000 tickets for the T-Mobile. And mm. I'm not sure that's really fair, but obviously if we can only get the fight in America and the deal is excellent, which we don't quite know yet, um, we have to really consider it. Did you just speak a little bit of French on the show then? Coupe de Gras. <laughs> Got to drop it in there, man. I've heard it mentioned before, <laughs> so I thought, I thought it made me sound posh. Listen, you mentioned... Um, 
uh, Rod Tidwell a little earlier on, the mm. Mr. Tony Bell. You, I saw him on Soccer yeah. AM this morning talking about what he might do next. Myself and Nick spoke to him on Monday, and obviously he's got to run it by the missus, but... There's noises. I mean, Andre Ward started dropping hints on his Instagram, mate, that he fancies a comeback. He wants it. Tony wants it. Can we make it happen? What do you reckon? Yeah, I like that fight, to be honest. And it's another fight that nobody gives Tony Bell you a chance in. Mm. Um, but, listen, I think at light heavyweight, I, don't, I, I wouldn't give Tony, Tony Bell you a chance to beat Andre Ward. But up at Cruiserweight, I'd give Tony a good chance of beating Andre Ward. It's a very difficult fight because Ward is pound for pound. He's walking on but Tony's belief at the moment is on another level. And I've got to tell you, he's improving and improving in every fight. Um, if he phoned me tomorrow and said, I'm done, I'd be the happiest man alive at the same time. You know, I think it's one of my proudest achievements with Tony is, is what's happened to his career. Mm. Because you, you struggle to find a nicer bloke. And uh, it's not like he was destined for these big box office nights and paydays. It just happened. And it's brilliant. It's brilliant. I'm so happy for him. And, and I'm happy for him that he's actually getting the credit that he deserves now. People go, oh, he's actually decent, this Tony Bell. We've known that for a long time. But a light heavyweight, it was, it was so hard for him to make the weight. And, you know, I think up a cruiserweight, he's punching very, very hard. Very mm. hard. As uh, David Hare found out last weekend, mate. Um, yeah. One man that was sat with me last week on the, on our broadcast was Dillian. He was talking to us a little bit about uh, the WBC situation, which is farcical. I know that he's got a situation with the IBF. What's the latest with you, mate? What are we getting? Well, we're negotiating with Pulev. I think that's the, the fight that's most likely to happen. And we're trying to get that fight July 21st, 28th. Because Pulev is um, has a very high ranking with the IBF. And the purse bid split is 75 25 to, to uh, Pulev, which again is a tough break for Dillian. And we're in negotiations and talks as well with Maurizio Suleiman about that WBC. Yeah. Uh, he's there or thereabouts. Sometimes can be a little bit frustrating for guys who are so highly ranked like Dillian because you're sort of treading water a little bit, just waiting really. And when you've got just two champions in a division like Joshua and Wilder who look like they're going to fight each other, sometimes it's quite difficult to decide the next move. He does quite like the Ortiz fight, and he'll take the Ortiz fight if it means that the winner is the immediate mandatory for Deontay yeah. Wilder. Um, and I love uh, Wilder against Ortiz, by the way. I mean, sorry, uh, Dillian against Ortiz. I think yeah. he's a great fight. I like, I like Dillian against Pudor. I like Dillian against anyone. To be honest with you. Um, and he's really establishing himself now as a, as a major figure of British boxing. I think mean, he's getting a great reception everywhere he goes. He's mm-hmm. selling tickets. His TV ratings were fantastic for the Lucas Brown fight. So, He's in a great position. And, you know, I think a lot of these guys as well, don't forget with these dates in America, they're going to all benefit from this as well because you know, people like Dillian White, people like Kel Brook, Amir Khan, they can go to America any time they want and box on our big shows. We must make sure that our UK sh- shows remain as strong. But you'll probably see some big American names coming over and fighting on our shows. And, you know, for the youngsters as well, Josh Kelly, Yelusinov, Joshua Boatsy, Cordino, all these boys, they're going to get a chance to box on all the big shows in America as well. So it's a win-win for everyone. But I think with Dillian, it's only a matter of time. And you know, Don't rule out Dillian White for Joshua next. You know, if the Wilder fight can't get made, we know we've got Povetkin as a mandatory, but Dillian White, I think, is as, as worthy as anyone. Yeah, mm, Good shout. You mentioned uh, fighters, obviously, who were highly ranked that uh, could go through a bit of a frustrating time. Jamie Moore's in the studio with us, obviously trainer of... Uh, of Rocky Fielding, my friend. What's the latest for What's the latest for Rocky? Well, because we've had so many different dates for him and what have you of late. Yeah, that's a classic example of someone who's there or thereabouts. I think ranked 
top ten with every governing body. Um, he boxed in March on the Kelvin Chair to take over. We agreed terms with Gilberto Ramirez. Quite honestly, and top rank even admitted, they found someone cheaper. Mm. And that's sometimes the way in boxing. You know, they found someone probably uh, half the money or more than half the money of Rocky Fielding and thought, oh, we'll go with him instead. So, Rocky, we're trying to get the fight with Tyrone Zoiger at the moment. Um, James DeGale, I spoke with him the other day. He quite fancies going to Liverpool and fighting Rocky Fielding as well. But he's another guy that's just waiting now. He's also got a final eliminator against Caleb Plant for the IBF, the American. He'd rather get a shot at the world title, but he's going to box in July in a big fight wherever he is, and hopefully we can get the Zoyga fight because I think Rocky, again, has done enough and he's now ranked highly enough to, to get that big shot. Mm. Grafting away, in his rock at the moment in time. He's, uh, he's, yeah, he's absolutely, absolutely gagging is. for that shot, isn't he, Jeff? I know, I'm I know. Certainly... Well, he's texting me most days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, I, I get it in the, in the gym down, down the air oh, as well, but... Like, as you're saying there, it's just frustrating for everyone who's in that situation and there's nothing much really what can be done except try and make those fights, but we'd have the, the, the James DeGale fight, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> there I you go. One. I think that's one that can work. I mean, when you look at the champions, obviously you've got um, Ramirez with the WBO, you've got Benavidez with the WBC, he's flying yeah. over in America, you've got James DeGale, you've got Groves. I mean, Groves, you know, Rocky could be in line for Groves because Groves looks like he's out of the series. Gale could be looking for a fight in Liverpool, so I think it's just a case of being patient. But Rocky must fight in July, so if he has to take the plant fight to, to become the mandatory and keep working towards that shot, then so be it. But ideally, straight in for the world title. Listen, before we let you clear off and uh, obviously get back to your normal life, my friend, uh, big fight tonight, Lomachenko Linares. I know you've got first hand experience of watching Linares yeah. up front, um, but talk to me about this one. How do you see it going? Well, I reckon we've bought Linares about six houses. I mean, you know, he, uh, he beat Mitchell, he beat Krelitz, he beat Campbell. But, I mean, it shows how good Lomachenko is. I can't see Linares winning a round. Mm. I mean, and, 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 and Linares is brilliant. So I just think Lomachenko is going to win every round and he's going to stop him between six and nine. That's what I think. Um, but it's a great fight and... and you know, I think the only way Lomachenko is going to get beaten is just continuously moving through the weight till he gets... To Joshua. You know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Might have a knock with Joshua in a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, but I just think that's, you know, you get... You know, he's fine. And, and he's, he's moved all the way up the weights. And the only way you get beaten in the end is probably being out-muscled. But he's yeah. not going to get out-muscled by Linares. Nope. And as good as Linares is, I just feel like Lomachenko won't lose a round. Top man. Looking forward to it anyway. We're gagging. Listen, I'll let you get back to it, Max. I know you've been busy. Thank you so much for your time, Eddie. Take care, mate. Top boy, he's gone. Top man. Uh, you're listening to uh, TalkSport. This is Fight Night. We are going to get a little bit more insight on uh, the Linares-Lomachenko fight next because Anthony Crawler, a man that shared the ring with Linares, is going to be on the show. Don't go anywhere. The fighting pride of Odessa, Dami Gaspada, the scene, high tech Lomachenko. Back comes Linares and a beautiful right hand. Floors Campbell in the second round. And still WBA, WBC, Ring Magazine, lightweight champion of the world, 
You're listening to Fight Night on Talk Sport with me, Adam Catchall. Just a quick update from Bolton. Uh, they're into the fifth round of the uh, British Heavyweight Championship uh, between Huey Fury and Sam Sexton. Sam Sexton down quite, I won't say heavy, but he was down uh, at the back end of the uh, of the fourth round there. Um, and from what I've seen, um, that was probably the round where uh, Huey Fury has started to take control of the fight and he's absolutely unloaded at this moment in time. I can't envisage this lasting much longer, Jamie, if I'm honest, because it looks like now, since since that knockdown, he's just taken total control and there's not much coming back. No, I think Sexton was lucky it was towards the end of the round where he got hurt yeah. there because I think if there was another 30 seconds in the round, I think Fury would have got him out of there, but he's... Uh, it was close. It was nip and tuck the first four rounds. You know, could have gone either way, but then, as you say, Fiori's pulling away now. Mm. Uh, we'll keep you up to date with that as it uh, progresses from Bolton. You've just had a little bit of uh, um, a, a little bit of a package there. I think they call it in the radio industry to get your uh, get your mouth salivating at a fight that's happening in the early hours of the morning between Lomachenko uh, and Linares. We're all dead excited about it. Uh, one man that has shared a ring uh, with one half of the uh, of, of the contingent tonight is, of course, Mr. Anthony Crawler, and he's on the show right now. And um, how are you, mate? How are you, mate? I'm good, thank you. I'm good. I've just watched the uh, update now. To do you go on, go on. You do the update. I tell you what, we'll come to you. We'll come yeah. to you live for the update because I've just seen it out of the corner of my eye. Go on, son. Tell us yeah, what's man, just happened. Fury lands a great right hand and sets the goal down there. Let go. I think it was the right hand. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was, uh, it was a good stoppage. It was a good stoppage. Superb stoppage. Uh, there you go. Uh, Huey Fury is the new British heavyweight champion. There you go. Uh, there you go. He has stopped uh, Sam Sexton in that round that we just mentioned in there, the fifth round. We'll give you a full update on that in a couple of moments or so. Uh, now, listen, uh, let's talk about this fight tonight because you've been across uh, the ring from uh, Jorge Linares on two separate occasions. Yes. Um, in Manchester, he was sensational. Tonight, everybody that I've spoken to Keep saying that Lomachenko is the boy. I know that you're going to fight your boy's corner now, mate. Come yeah. on, tell me how you think this is going down. No, I am. Listen, who wants to go against Lomachenko? He's a, he's a rare talent. He's a rare talent. But people forget as well, Jorge is, is a freeweight world champion. Um, the only fight he's, you know, he's not lost in, I'm not sure how many years now it was. And I think that was that was over when he was with Freddie Roach. who's obviously an unbelievable trainer, but speaking to Freddie Roach, after um, after the first fight, and he said he said his opinion was he only didn't hit those heights because of the life he was living outside the ring in yeah. LA. A uh, young, good-looking guy in LA. I'm sure he was a bit like yourself, Ant. Bit like yeah. yourself, young and good-looking in Manchester. Yeah, I don't mind, mate. Yeah, but I'm not because <laughs> a bit behind. But uh, <laughs> yeah, and um, you know, he's, listen, and I was, he's a future Hall of Famer himself. But and, and I'm whether it's hope or whether it's heart over head. But I, I believe the size will make a, a bit of a difference tonight. I know he's, he's very, very clever, Yogi Linares. And I know people say, well, Rigondo is very clever. But I do believe that Rigondo, coming towards the end of the career, and he, he was much smaller in there, you know, on the night. And um, I think for, for Yogi to pull off the upset, cause it would be an upset, um, he's got to start well. The first three rounds are so important. It's amazing that we're calling it an upset for Jorge Linares, and he's the he's the champ. He's the champ coming yeah. in. He's a three weight world champ as well. Forty seven pro fights against the guy on yeah. his twelfth. It's crazy. Yeah. It's just it's, it's crazy. just that Lomachenko's, Lomachenko's a freak. Lomachenko's a freak. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's, that's it. He is, he is a freak. It's just. Um, I mean, if you look at the betting odds, it's almost it's almost a little bit disrespectful. Mm. I think for, for uh, Linares just to win on points, it's like sixteen to one. 
which is crazy. He's crazy. Sounds like, sounds like you've had a punt there, mate. Sounds like you've had a little bit of a throw there. I might have done, mate. I might have done. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're looking forward to it. It should be an absolute cr- uh, cracking fight. Listen, before we talk about what's next for you, I want to talk about skipping over a flaming rope. That's what I want to talk about. Ah, you've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> for those that don't know Anthony has just been um, you've been out to Thailand for your, uh, for your yeah, most people most day. people have a stag night mate that's what they do they go out for a, cut, for a bit of a weekend up to Newcastle or something like that that's what the yeah. majority of people do you managed to blag yourself a week out in Thailand didn't you lad yeah, 10 nights in Thailand. You know, there's some great fishing spots out in Thailand. Fishing! Uh, <laughs> Get out, man! That's, <laughs> not, that's not a stag do, man. That's a luxury holiday. <laughs> yeah, that's I the honeymoon, though. I've done well. I've done well. Um, just to explain that, um, you've obviously, you're enjoying yourself on the beach and there was uh, like yeah. a jump, there was a jump rope, a flaming jump rope. It was actually on a fire. fire. Yeah, a fire yeah. rope. Okay, go on. on and I remember my mate saying, and I was saying, I said, oh, I've done that before, it's dead easy. I was going, no, don't, don't, don't dream of doing that. And I think I'd had a few buckets, and it was buckets of uh, vodka. And, um, yeah, I just totally palmed the guy off. I think the guy was sort of telling me what to do. And I'm sure, I'm sure he set me up when um, I turned back, because I was just, I just sort of palmed him off. And he said, yeah, mate, I know what I'm doing. Next thing, I'm more or less set on fire, mate. More or less set on fire running down a beat. No and, burn, no burn, and, lucky enough. And can I ask you a question? Out of the 40 yeah. other people on the stag do, did any of the other lads jump the rope? Yes, they did after me. Fair play to them. Did anyone else nearly die? No, no one did. No one did. even worse. I'll tell you what makes it even worse, right? Whoever was filming it didn't flinch. They were just, God, hey, this is good tackle, this. This is Jeremy Beadle like stuff. Let's, let's get this. Like a 250 quid, this, have you been framed? I had to go back to the room, change my shorts, that was burnt to a crisp. And then I think I had to go back to LA. I got through in the sea later that night as well. So, yeah, about you've had a proper do, mate. Proper stag yeah. do. Sounds like no, you've had a cracker. I'm good to back ticking over. Yeah. And uh, looking forward to what I did next. Well, I noticed that you were straight back in the gym ticking over doing a bit, mate. Now, there's loads of different bits of chat going on, right? Um, yeah. Obviously, I know that when we've spoken previously, Beltran might have been uh, an angle that you were having a little bit of a look at. There's Luke Campbell yeah. now, now that's been thrown into the mix. What's the latest uh, from uh, yeah. from your end? What's going on? Honestly, I've not really got no no fresh news for it. I think I should know a lot more in the next few weeks. Uh, Lutz, he's boxing Van Mender um, mm. for like a final eliminator for the WBC. I mean, there's talk that that could end up being for the WB, the full WBC. And then obviously, if if Luke come out, if, if Mender, because I've got a high rating, I'm in the top five of the WBC, I'd, I'd love to fight the winner. But then there again, Mikey Garcia looks like he's coming back down. So. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure what's that. Obviously, you mentioned Ray Beltran, and um, I'm rated. I'm rated highly with the WBA. I mean, I'm, I'm rated number two with the WBA. But obviously, if, if Lenares was to do it tonight, it's um, you know I'm a realist. Listen, I think any Jamie will tell you any fighter would happily get back in the ring. I'd love to get back in the ring, but I'm a realist. In last time out, he beat me well, so it it would be a hard sell. It would be a hard sell. I think I'd have to go and get a title on my own. Mm. To, to be before fighting him again, you know, before fighting Yorgi again. Mm. Um, so I, I, I'm on the verge. I like to say I'm, I'm right near, I'm right near the front of the Q4 world title shot with a few of the uh, governing bodies. But um, at the minute, I think I've just got to sort of sit, wait a few weeks, see a few results, 
and um, wait for whether it be that or a final eliminator for a world title, I'll be happy. But um, I just look forward to find out whether it's, whether it's going to be late summer or September. Um, I look forward to finding out. Manchester, mate. Got to bring them back to Manchester, don't you? Nobody sells yeah. nobody sells tickets like Anthony. We're Crawley. talking there about Linares. You know, obviously, we were saying I I personally think Lomachenko wins tonight. Yeah. Lomachenko, I would love to see him in the UK, but I don't really want to see him with any UK fighters because I think he's that good. But <laughs> someone like yourself, Ant, if the if the phone call come in to to face someone like Lomachenko, which you know you, you said earlier on, he, the guy's uh, you know he's got so many skills. Is that yeah. is that something where you think you know what I'd like to test myself, or you kind of go you know what that's not the right time, right fight for yeah. me right now. I'd snap the hand off. I'd snap the hand off. He genuinely is. I believe he's, he's an unbelievable talent. I want to share the ring. I'd want to share the ring with him. He'd, he'd, he'd be the best. For me, he's, he wins tonight. He's, he's got a strong claim for being the best fighter on the planet. Some yeah. people have been that now. So um, I get a chance to share the ring with the best fighter. I don't mean sharing. I'd be going in to win. I'd mm. be going in to win. I, um, in my hometown, fighting the best fighter on the planet, I'd, I'd be crazy to turn that down. It's um, it's just it's just what what his plans are going to be if he comes through tonight. Whether he's going to stay at the weight, whether he's going to move up again, whether he's going to move back down, it'll um, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see. Mm. Listen, you stay away from them uh, flaming jump ropes, sunshine. I don't want Joe on yeah. the phone to me having a bit That's of a do it, encouraging you. Yeah, exactly, all yeah. that type of stuff. You stay off it, all right, lad. Um, have you got yourself a ticket for Cup Final, lad? Mate, do you know what I'm not? I'm, I'm open to come through on tomorrow. Hopefully, I'll get sorted. But uh, the hour hard work, I don't know, last year I was sat next to Jamie. Oh, yeah, was, yeah. Uh, no, no, have you not sorted him out? Jay, come on, sort him out, lad. Do you know what? He, he walked up the stairs and I was looking and I was thinking, God, there's Crawler. And then he walked straight <laughs> in front of me and sat in the seat in front of me. <laughs> but um, do you know what? And I've just I've just had to give mine up because I've got Jack Catterall oh, on, oh, on the same day as why well. Why have you not sorted the boy out? If I'd have, have, have known you didn't have him, mate, you could have had mine. Look at what you could have won. Take it back. It's like bullseye this, son. It's like an episode of Bullseye this time. Get back, son. No yeah. bother. Look at what you could have won. <laughs> no, no I'll, get, I'll get aside, but no, they have been hard this year, but um, I'll get aside. Well, mate, yeah. Sh- surely Manchester's favourite son's got to get a ticket. Course, mate, yeah. Absolutely. You could probably get a game yeah. with the way that they're playing at the moment, lad. <laughs> <laughs> I was at West Ham Thursday night. I think I might have done. <laughs> <laughs> Top man. Listen, thanks for being on the show, mate. Have a good and take care, no, pal. Thanks for having us, boys. And think I'm looking forward to the fights. For me, it's a uh, fight I'm looking forward to most this year. Yeah, absolutely. Top man. See you in a bit, mate. It's a nice okay, one. Mate. Um, you're listening to uh, Fight Night on TalkSport. There's plenty more to come, including the Hall of Fame. We're going to get that stuck into next. Uh, you listen to Fight Night on TalkSport. Each week we induct someone, something, 
anything connected to the world of boxing to our very own Hall of Fame. We've had fighters, we've had trilogies, we've had particular fights. We even put Ricky Hatton's fans in there one week. Uh, anything goes when it comes to the Hall of Fame. We just celebrate the best bits uh, of boxing. And I'm going to kind of throw something on Jamie Moore here because he, he, he's not expecting this, but I'm throwing something on him this week. Uh, and what I want to induct into uh, our very own Hall of Fame is self-belief within this within this sport. I want to I want to throw that into the Hall of Fame because this is a very lonely sport and what goes on between a fighter's ears can determine uh what it what uh, their outcomes are uh in this game. Now a man here that is uh, on my left-hand side in the studio just give me a little bit of ge- geography in the uh, in the studio here uh is uh, the epitome of uh, when it comes to self-belief because I want you to go back as a trainer now, not as a fighter, as a trainer. This time maybe last year, maybe 2 years ago when you were thinking, Do you know something when Tommy Coyle packs this in I think I might pack it in myself. But then all of a sudden you started manifesting thoughts in order to project your future. And then all of this has turned out over the last 12 months or so. Yeah, do you know, two years, it'll be two years in August, so say 18 months ago, I stood with Nige Travis. And bear in mind, talking about stuff what should be in the Boxing Hall of Fame is Nige Travis's cap. Because <laughs> they're <laughs> going to go down in history. <laughs> but, uh, but, but I stood with him in the gym. And we was both knocked a bit sick with the decision, even though I wouldn't say it was a controversial decision when Tommy got beat for the British title against Tyrone Nurse. Yeah. It was just like, God, you know, it's a lot, a lot of effort for yeah. not much reward and just when you think you might get a rub of the grain and, and the de- decision goes your way, it doesn't come. And I said, you know what, as soon as he's done, I'm done with this. You know, I'm going to get a job on a building site or whatever. You know, it's, it's not not a lot coming back my way. And um, and then for whatever reason, you know, a, a few not nice scenarios unfolded with Oliver taking ill and yeah. uh, Martin and Rocky ended up having to come and train with me at my gym. And to be fair... At that point in time, I had to drop a lot of things, which was my bread and butter, you know, paying the bills and stuff like that. And um, I did it because I had to do it. It was it was the right thing to do morally, um, but really I couldn't afford to do it for too long. And then I got a phone call off Mr. Frampton, which sort of changed it all around. So, but before that, Jamie, and, and you're obviously speaking about the what happened in a time. Uh, frame, but your own thought processes before all that, because you've always you see, been you've always been a positive thinker, though, aren't you? You've, all, have, you've always I, been into that side of genuinely I, the universe I, and manifesting things. Yeah? Absolutely, I re- I read a book called The Secret when I retired. Rhonda Byrne, yeah, know it well, and it um, it changed the way I thought about things. And at the time, I, I remember saying, "Listen, you know, it doesn't really matter whether the, this stuff actually makes sense or is real or not." It's put me in a better place mentally, and it yeah. works. I, I've, I've been so positive ever since then. I, I never let anything sort of get get me down in that sense. Not just boxing, Go, lifestyle. Going back to the stuff what happened to me in Marbella, for instance, you know that was a massive help for me in the way I dealt with that because I never let any. I, I looked on the, the positive side of everything, and and I remember saying to my missus, "Do you know what? I don't know why this has happened, but something good will come of this." And she went mad at me, saying, "How can you say that?" And then when you when Tommy Cole sent me a thing once um, and it was Bill, um, not Bill Gates, the Apple guy. Steve, Steve Jobs. Steve, Steve Jobs. Jobs. Connecting the dots backwards. And, mm-hmm. and, and he said, you never, you know, you, you've got to follow your gut instinct. You never know why something happens at the time. but yeah. and, you, and you can't really tell until you look backwards and you connect the dots backwards and it all makes sense. And I said to my missus, when we, in years time, we'll look back and we'll say, this is why that happened. Now, 
I don't know why it happened, but when you look at when you connect the dots backwards from this point now going backwards, all these scenarios what have unfolded have all come around because of the people I'd met and stuff in in boxing from that point to this point. And it's like, wow, you know, this is crazy stuff because Tommy sent me that about four four years ago. So um yeah, it's I I'm I'm a big believer in creating the right sort of environment for fighters as well. That's part of my training is mm. it's not just technical stuff, it's it's mental stuff, you know, sports psychology stuff. I've always been you know, really interested in stuff like that. I've spent a lot of time at Salford University working with people when I was fighting. And uh, Paul Wilson, who's the head of the sports department, helped me out massively. So I can sort of pick up on stuff what my fighters are doing, for instance, in a changing room an hour before a fight where... You can read them. I, I read the face and I can tell the, the, they're not thinking the sort of things that they should be thinking. So I'll just pull them out of it and I won't even speak about boxing. I'll just talk about something else. I have to change their thought process from that point and then gradually, slowly, I'll bring them back onto the point where I want them thinking, when I'm telling them about the, the tactics and the stuff I want them to do to win the fight. And all of a sudden, without them realising, they're then back on the page where they should be. Is that, so, a, na is that a natural skill? Excuse me. <clears throat> is that a natural skill or is that something that you have studied, that you've learnt I Since reading I, that book, for example, have you gone on to study other I things? I think it, pro it probably goes back to my boxing career when mm. I was doing it for myself, really, you know, because everyone thinks that all these all fighters are massively confident and they have no doubts. And I was a very confident fighter as far as fighters go in general. But I had my doubts and especially sort of three or four weeks before and you're thinking, I'm, oh, I'm tight at the weight, um, have I trained hard enough? You start having all these questions in your mind. So I, I spoke to people and I had a little bit of help there with mm. some sports psychologist, not because I needed it massively, but just to give me that little pick me up and you know a little boost and bring me back into the position where I was thinking, oh right, I'm, I'm confident again now. And uh, the changing rooms are a horrible place sometimes. Half an hour before a fight, for instance, your mind can really go. And my nana died the day before I fought Michael Jones the third yeah. time, mm -hmm. and. You know, mentally, that was such a tough point in my life. For, and, and I nearly left the changing rooms half an hour before the fight. I was saying to Oliver, I can't do this. I've got to go. And I'll and this, see, this is the sort of psychology behind it. For no reason whatsoever, Ricky Atten walked in the changing rooms and I was sat with my hood up looking at the floor. And he walked in front of me and he said, I hope you're not crapping yourself sort of thing. And I looked up and he started laughing. He said, listen, don't worry about this kid. You've got his number, blah, blah, blah. Now, all of a sudden, all those negative thoughts yeah. went out of my mind, not because yeah. of he, he tried to make them go. They just went because the thought process was changed. So that was 2005. And I think all those things, the little lessons I learned along the way in my career are now helping me cope with different scenarios what are unfolding with my fighters as well. You've got to be able to, obviously know what you're talking about when it comes to the actual fight game as well, my friend. You're doing yourself down a little bit there with obviously the psychology side of it, which I can see you're a fan of it. No, no I, I agree with but there's, there's so many different of course. aspects to the game. And I think if you can sort of tick a few boxes in each side yeah. and make it more of a full package rather than just knowing the technicalities of it. Yeah. If you can't deliver them properly and the fighters don't sort of embrace it in the right way because you're stern in the way you bring it across you can be telling them the most brilliant advice ever, but if you don't deliver it properly, they're not going to take it on board. So it's man management, isn't it? Exactly. It's man management. It is. It's, ex it's exactly that. Mm. Of which we've obviously found out over the last few weeks. Jack's first performance with you was absolutely tremendous. Yep. Yeah. 
Then you've obviously had the performance that we saw ringside myself and Nick when Tommy um, won his Commonwealth crown. Absolutely sensational. You were obviously in Belfast that night for Carl's yeah. performance. Three fantastic performances. And I'm going to pay you the biggest compliment here now because when, when the Billy Joe Saunders Martin Murray fight was made, I was obviously in the, a massive fan of Billy Joe Saunders. I thought he was brilliant against Lemieux. And I, I thought to myself, he is without any shadow of a doubt, in line for a Triple G shot, and he'll probably give Triple G a real good run for his money. So when yeah. Martin came up, I thought to myself, it's a hard night, that, for Martin. It's a really hard night. After watching those three performances, yeah. my mind's now starting to think, hang on a minute, there's something in the water up at your gaff. Do, do you know, I think that's probably a little bit of a disservice to Martin. Maybe, because, maybe. Because, because Billy Joe's performance against Lemieux was fantastic, unbelievably good. But... When I watched that fight back and I watched Lemieux, I don't I don't really pay so much attention to Billy Joe sometimes. I'm paying attention to what Lemieux's doing. Yeah. Just to pick up to see if there's anything in areas where he could have um, done things. Changed the outcome, yeah. And he was really bad. As good as Billy Joe was, and, he, and maybe Lemieux was bad because Billy Joe made him bad, mm-hmm. but he was really bad. He, he's such a ferocious puncher. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want salon perfect nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny system, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny system with code PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20 relies on that so much doesn't really try and set it up um, and Martin Murray's a real good all-round fighter he's not a massive puncher so I don't think Billy Joe will be as concerned about getting hit as much as he was against Lemieux um, and you know Martin's 35 so he's no spring chicken um, he's been there he's, he's got a lot of experience but you know he's not getting any younger mm. uh, I see why Billy Joe's took the fight I see that it makes sense that being totally honest with you, I think Dominic Ingle looks at this and goes, this is a hard fight, yep. but this is what we need. If we're going to fight Triple G and win, we need good preparation. And even though the Lemieux performance was brilliant, it wasn't a hard fight where he, he sort of had to test himself and push his body. I think he's, he feel, they feel they're going to get that with Martin. Uh, but Martin's been in with some fantastic fighters over the years. He's got he's so much experience. He's well. had a raw deal. He's, he's, been, he's a world a champion in our eyes. He just didn't, didn't get the belt Ma- against Martinez. Martinez is a very similar fighter to, to Billy Joe. Yeah. Um, so all those little sort of scenarios put together and then add to the fact that Martin's in a real good place mentally. So technically, um, experience-wise... Um, he's he's got all that in the bank already, but mentally he's in a very very good place. So 
you know, I'm really confident. I've got to be honest. I think it's a tough fight. Mm. I'm I'm under no illusions. It's not a hard fight, but I've I've got a really good feeling about this. As all a bit, as all a triple G talk and all that kind. Of, oh, he was sensational against the movie. Do this. Is that? Being in the fire underneath Martin Murray a little bit. I could see he had a snapback of Frank Warren the other day, didn't he? Yeah. I thought I, I okay. don't think I don't think it's um, doing him any harm whatsoever. No. I think I think it's definitely firing him. I don't think for one minute Billy Joe is overlooking Martin. I really don't. I think he understands it's a tough fight. I just think they feel they feel it's gonna be a tough fight, but they'll win it. And they might be right, but I've just got a real good feeling I really have. Right now with that camp. Would not bet against. Well, them. I'm I'm right. I'm writing off to Ring Magazine because if uh, they pull that off and then they go to Windsor Park and unify and all that type of carry on, there's only one man getting box at trainer of the year, my friend. Absolutely. We're all having a party in Salford. That's what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> I was retiring 18 months ago. <laughs> oh, incredible. Uh, stick around. There's lots to come because uh, there's been a lot of news coming out of the World Boxing Super Series uh, this week. We're going to speak to Calla Sowland in the next 10 minutes. Make sure you stick around. You're listening to Fight Night on TalkSport. On DAB Digital Radio and 1089 and 1053 AM. Fight Night with Adam Catterall on TalkSport. You're listening to Fight Night. On TalkSport with me, Adam Catterall. Hope you are well. Um, it's uh, an extra special night tonight because we're all quite excited about a couple of lads going toe-to-toe in New York City. Uh, Lomachenko versus Linares. Uh, and there's quite a lot of uh, unbelievable fights that are uh, making our mouth water. None more so than in the World Boxing Super Series. Myself and Nick have been big fans of this uh, ever since the first season was announced uh, around this time last year, when they announced cruiserweights and super middleweights, we were uh, basically getting all excited about how it would all play out. The cruiserweights have been absolutely oh, sensational. On fire. We've absolutely. had some unbelievable fights in the super middleweight division as well. And then, just to put cherries on top of the cake, they're going to announce a season two involving three world champions in the hottest division in the entire world. And the man responsible for that is Callis Sourland. He's on the show right now. How are you, mate? You well? Good evening, Adam. Good evening, Nick. Hope you're well. We're very well indeed, mate. You must, uh, you, that, that cheesy grin of yours must be getting wider, my friend, after announcing uh, Burnett, Tete and Rodriguez all in one blast. That's unbelievable. Well, you know, I, I kept it quiet for a while and um, uh, we, we've done, a, my team's done a lot of work on, on the background here because uh, the biggest announcement actually on, on the day was, was uh, this week was that we're not going with two-way classes. It's going to be three-way classes. Yeah. Which, um, which is going to be sensational because we're going to have uh, stacked cards throughout September and October in those um, in those quarterfinals. And to announce three world champions this week in London to kick it all off in, at the with the bantamweights uh, was was sensational. And you know, look at the, the the type of world champions we're looking at. I mean, you saw Rodriguez, of course, last week. Oh, uh, I brilliant. mean, Paul Butler's a great fighter, but. Uh, different class, yeah. I yeah. mean, this mm. was it was a twelve-hour shutout. Uh, he felt he could stop it at any time as well. Um, and, and Tete uh, is Tete is a massive, massive puncher. And Burnett is obviously the most high-profile of all of them in the UK. Uh, mm. An absolute wonder kid. So you know, those are that's a th- three, three, is, three is a good start. We've got mm. uh, we've got a few more fireworks to come on that weight class. It's so deep in talent that. Um, you know, look at McDonald Inouye, obviously, at the end of the yeah. month in, uh, in Tokyo. Big fight. Big Are you fight getting there. the winner of that? Come on, Kala, let's, let's, get, let's cut the chair. Yeah, so we're we getting the winner of one of them, yeah? With Inouye, we're, we're, we've agreed. So he's going in um, on the basis that he wins. Okay. Um, and uh, we, I've spoken to Eddie about Jamie and, and you know, 
we said we'll talk after the fight. I don't see any reason why I wouldn't go in. I mean, Jamie's a, a class fighter. Look, if it's a good fight, I don't rule out both of them going in. You know, mm-hmm. um, uh, but, you know, sometimes there's great fights and, and you know there's no loser in it. So let's let's see what happens in Tokyo. Um, will be interesting. And there's other names. You know, there's uh, uh, the division is very deep in talent. Let's put it that way. No, absolutely. And the other two man. divisions are going to be just as good. Come on, then, when you when you announcing uh, super lights and uh, and, and light <laughs> anyways, when you're doing it. I must say you're well informed. You've been doing the background research. Right? <laughs> super lights are a hot favourite. Mate, that's why we're on national radio. We're supposed to know this stuff. <laughs> Someone must have hacked my laptop this week. Um, so, um, yeah, it's, it's a hot tip, the super lights. Let's put it this way couple of weeks probably week after the next mm-hmm. um next week in the week after in the next sort of eight nine days we will be announcing the finals so that's sort of what comes next from the world boxing super series the the final dates and venues for um for the for the current season and then we'll go back to announcing the next weight classes for next year so uh busy busy in terms of in terms of signing i've got 24 fighters to sign in total uh, mm-hmm. our team uh, 21 left to sign, so you know, busy few months until the till the gala or the draw uh, in in July. Well, well done, mate. We are looking forward to it from September onwards for mate, season two. Of course, it's been sensational. Season one, Callum has been absolutely sensational. Congratulations! And can I ask you before before we talk about the super middles? Can I ask you the cruiser final? Will that still be going out to Doha? That is um, that is is going to be announced by the event team in the next eight, nine, t- ten days, I guess. Yeah, um, because it was supposed to be this weekend for for fans listening. Yeah. It was supposed to be yesterday, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah, we, well, exactly. And then um, there were, unfortunately there was an injury to to Uzik. Yeah, um, it's a challenging time of year to do anything down there, but uh, I can't really say too much on that because it's not really my area. I'm more on the boxing side of things. But um, you know, the the the, the Saudi uh, deal is still very much on. Whether that's now for a fight this summer or later, uh, that will remain to be seen in the next few days. Um, in any case, I think the event team have got the, the venues spot on. I thought, you know, Manchester was great. Riga was fantastic. Sochi yeah. mm. was sensational for, for the uh, for the cruiserweights as well. So, uh, you know, they've done a good job so far, the event side of things, and um, uh, keep on going now because we're going to have a big, big job to put on all these shows in September and October. I can tell you that. I've seen, you know, all sorts of places where the trophy's going to from from Belfast to South Africa to Japan to Australia. So very, it's going to be an interesting time and, and the tournament's global and, you know, mm. we'll, we'll, we'll look forward to the ride. What's the current situation with uh, George in the Super Middles? Because there's a national newspaper that's just reported that uh, he's going to be replaced with uh, Chris Eubank Jr. They're, they're reporting that as confirmed, Kala. Can you shed any light on it? That's, that's definitely not confirmed. Um, I don't know where that comes from. Um, and it's certainly not confirmed. Um no, we, we're, work, we're working through the medical reports, we're working through that closely with George and, and working out whether it can be done within the timeline of the tournament. You know, it's, uh, it's been pushed. It's been pushed back, obviously, as much as we can. Yeah. But it's a tournament. It's not mm. a promotion. It's not a one-off. And there is a time when you need to move forward. And we've had this substitute you know, system in place. I know people screaming and shouting that it's Eubank and he lost and he's... Yeah. he's if it, if it is Eubank, I'm not saying it is, but if it is Eubank, you have to look at it this way. He has a storyline to the tournament. Yeah. He's not bringing someone totally fresh in. And if this was Wimbledon or 
uh, another, let's say, an individual sport, you, you wouldn't have a final. You know, you'd simply it would be a buy, and and uh, and Callum Smith would, would be the Ali Trophy winner. So we're trying to put a final on. If George is not able to make the timeline, mm-hmm. uh, but that's something that is not decided in any way, shape, or form yet. Uh, but I expect in the in the next say eight, nine, ten days uh, mm-hmm. to have to have a confirmation on that. But there is nothing confirmed whatsoever. Okay. But that's uh, what that is the, the what is the timeline then for the fans? What is the timeline? What's the latest that this can happen? The latest really that it can happen is before before the summer break. You know and. Uh, you know, the talks of uh, there's a show in August or saying that doesn't work. I mean, commercially, you cannot put a show on in August of that level. Um, it, it doesn't happen, you know. Um, early July, something like that. That's that's really the very latest. But, you know, um, that is already pushing it beyond when it was, was when it's supposed to be. And that's, that's you know, May or June. Uh, that's when the finals were supposed to be. Um, and, you know, of course, one can push it a week or two here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's clear. But at the end of the day, you know, the, the fighters must be fully fit. It's for a, for a huge prize, a lot of money at stake. And, yeah. you know, everyone's got to be totally fit on that. It's, at the end of the day, this is not, you know, it's not, not, not taking anything away from badminton, but this is not badminton. This is, yeah. this is boxing, and this is, this is the real thing. When they get in the ring, everyone's got to be fit. And, uh, and that's, that's, that's the, the first and foremost. Health comes first. And, you know, that's, um, that's a little bit where we stand at the moment. What's the chances of getting uh, one of the other super middleweight world champions to step in? I know that you just mentioned, obviously, Eubank's got a narrative in there, but the beautiful thing for yeah. me in the cruiserweight division is that you're going to get one man holding four else. belts at the end of it and oh, having a, and a... Yeah, exactly that. And it's a shame that we're not going to get yeah. that in the super middleweight if George isn't in there having a world champion at the end. It's, it's, it's a little bit... If you go back to, let's say, let's rewind a year, um, you know, you look at... A De Gale would have. I would love to have had a De Gale in there, yeah. but he was out injured at the time with a shoulder injury. Yeah. You have, um, you have, you had at the mo- at that time. I think it was a. I can't remember. It was a vacant belt, or the WBC was Benavides who turned yeah. it down. Which I can sort of understand. Um, this is a guy from Team Sowell and uh, Zoyga, He turned it down. There's a young guy, so they, to go in, to go in as a world champion, it's, you know, they'd rather hold on to their belts um, mm-hmm. at this stage of their career than going against the big names. So I think that the tournament, the the, the, the super middleweights, was very much um, because of the strength of the UK talent in there. I mean, you had four names from the UK out of the eight. Yeah. So it was um, it was very much focused on those 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 big UK fights, which you obviously saw with you know Eubank, uh, Eubank Groves especially, but of, but also of course you know before that Groves Cox and you know Eubank's performance overseas uh, against. Um, Against uh, Yildirim, yeah, yeah, um, atmosphere, and obviously Callum Smith. So you've, you've had this this huge quarter of UK fighters mixed in with some world elite, you know. So it's a little bit of a different storyline. Um, the cruisers was a division. Don't forget that uh, you know uh, that there's zero respect since probably the David Hay days, or yeah. some even say going back to the Evander Holyfield days of cruiserweight. And I think that the tournament, what the tournament's done there, has shown how great a weight class that is. I mean, that is, you know, it, go, if, if you haven't seen it and you're a boxing fan, go and <laughs> where have you been? If you're a boxing fan and you've not seen it, where have you yeah. been, Calla? That's what I'm going to say. Honestly, if you want an advert for boxing, look yeah. at the semi-finals. And, and Outrageous. That's, the proof yeah. that's what you know. People said, "Oh, well, what fight did you like putting on most?" Was must have been Groves versus Eubank, and and I said, um, I said, um, uh, yeah, from a let's say from a 
from a glamour point of view as a, as a, as a product, you know, to put it out there on the mainstream, absolutely, mm. it's huge. But, mm. the, but for me, it's a, as a boxing fan, that those, those back-to-back weeks uh, yeah. in January and February uh, with Breedis uh, Uzik and, uh, and obviously George Cross and Garcia. I mean, that was a fantastic fight. Just sensational. You know, just you on the edge of the seat to the last minute, you know? Mm. Absolutely. Listen, before we let you clear off, um, great coverage on talk sport as well that's the right answer mate that's the right answer well done <laughs> Listen, we're just fans at the end of the day Kala, and what we, we've just appreciated the fact that so all these headaches so you must have I'm had right. it's been sensational position. the cruiserweight tournament especially has been sensational but the best guys on the planet together and at the end of it we're going to have one winner so I'm doing it again in the bantamweights for next year oh, you know that's what we want no, that's and a couple of others you'll see well we, we told you which ones they are you don't have to lie to us we told you which weight category they are mate <laughs> Uh, listen, we'll just a quick one. We'll, we'll have a bet about that when I hang up the phone now. Good yeah? man, good man. <laughs> listen, just a quick one, because obviously we are doing a bit of a preview on uh, Lomachenko and Linares uh, on yeah, the show tonight. I'm going to go against Rick, the you're going for the bigger guy. Oh, what are you doing, man? Go on. Linares. <laughs> I've just, just got this funny feeling. I'm a, I'm a big Lomachenko fan. Um, obviously, track record-wise, everything-wise, you've got to go Lomachenko. I'm going to go against the grain. Don't like to sit on a fence. I will go Leonares. There you go. Whoever whoever wins, though, Callie, we want to see him in the Super Lights. Get him in the Super Lights next year. (laughs) Sign him up. Absolutely. 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 Listen, thank thank you so much for your time, mate. Enjoy your evening. Take care. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Super. Superb, Callis Allen, the the main man behind uh, World Boxing Super Series. Uh, You are listening to TalkSport. We're going to continue this conversation because uh, there's plenty to talk about on that uh, Linares and and Lomachenko fight. Stick around. Uh, We'll get to it next on Fight Night. Uh, you're listening to TalkSport. This is Fight Night, your home for boxing every Saturday night. Make sure you come and join us on a week-by-week basis. We bring you live fights. We also uh, talk the talk when it comes to the world of boxing. In studio with me today, Nick Pete as ever, and uh, the one and only Mr. Jamie Moore. It's great uh, having Jamie alongside us because for the last couple of weeks, you've been extremely busy. I know you're busy next weekend, so we managed to just sh- shoehorn you in in the middle of a schedule to get you in the studio to talk about uh, some of the performances that we've witnessed firsthand uh, over the last couple of weeks. Um, and we've kind of just been talking there during the uh, commercial break about obviously Carl's performance up in Belfast and and Tommy's performance, fantastic, which we saw Nick ringside in Liverpool, which was absolutely outstanding. outstanding. I'm going to go to Carl first, right? Because everybody knows him, everybody loves him. Um, you've just been talking to us about the Belfast crowd. The next step is obviously going to be Windsor Park, a dream for him come true, a dream for anybody to be fighting in front of, of all them people. Um, I, we're just waiting for an opponent and something tells me that we might find out that opponent maybe at the back end of next week after, after a certain Ellen Road gig. But we'll get to that later on. I mean, what's it like having Carl Frampton in the gym? A man, in, in, in essence, has kind of been there, done there, got, got the T-shirt, you know? Yep. And he's relatively new in your gym. How long has he been there now? About a year? Uh, not just shy of a year. Just no, shy of a year. He started over end of September last year. Wow! So, so, so nine months. Lit- literally about eight or nine months. Yeah. So, um, and you know what? We we got on straight away. I'd known Carl just to let on to him and be polite with for a couple of years when we bumped into each yeah. other. But uh, as a sort of training relationship goes, it's brand new. But um, but yeah, I think I don't know what it is. I real and and I'm being dead honest with you, but 
everyone who comes to uh, to the gym, people who come sparring and stuff like that, everyone says the same thing. They go, you know what? As soon as you walk in this gym, it's like, the atmosphere is brilliant. Mm. You know, it's it's got a real good vibe to the gym, and um, the only the only the only sort of way I can describe it, I'll put my finger on it, is there's lots of different characters from different backgrounds, but there's no egos. Lads at different levels as well in the career. There is, yeah, you're right. Um, but it just seems for for some reason that we've all come together and everyone gets on. There's, there's a great balance of all different characters. And as I say, there's no egos and we all sort of got the same sense of humour. Mm. There's a few quieter than the others who, who uh, take a bit of stick. <laughs> Yeah, this, Tommy, Tommy's absolutely crackers, as everyone can see on social no. media. Too Honest? Far, too far Tommy Tom. Coyle? Are you being serious? Too far, Tom, that's his nickname. I, that's why I call him, he never knows when to stop. So, for instance, there's a funny little story for you. When Carl Frampton, think about this, Carl Frampton's yep. just joined our gym. All right. And BB, Two-way world champ. Here we go, let's have it. The BBC have sent a cameraman down to do an interview, mm-hmm. and Carl stood doing the interview, and Tommy walks in, Jack the lad, and everyone's being a bit quiet because he's doing the interview. Tommy picks the fire extinguisher up, walks over, blasts it into the back of Carl Frampton's head, not knowing it's a um, dust one. Like a powder one, yeah, like a carbon the one. The powder one. It fills the gym with like a cloud of smoke. The guy, the cameraman goes absolutely ballistic because he's got like 50 grand's worth of camera equipment in the gym. And Frampton stood there like he's, <laughs> like he's seen a ghost just covered head to Tommy white powder he doesn't even know Tommy so so there you go too far Tom but it's, it's things like that like you said that keeps everybody's feet on the ground and I suppose I mean from my experiences with Cole one thing that I will, I will say when, I, when I've been in his company I mean he's a superstar in my eyes absolute superstar of this game but you wouldn't know that just being sat next no. to him he's yeah. the most normal fella I mean I, I remember going to see him when he was training in London and we caught the bus into the gym together. It, yeah. was, it was the most weird, su- su- surreal scenario that I've ever seen in my life. You'll never meet a more down-to-earth superstar in your life. And I think that's the reason why he's so popular. You know, in Belfast, the, the, the real salt-of-the-earth, down-to-earth people, they won't stand for anyone who's got an ego or, yeah. you know, chip on the shoulder. And I think that's why he's so popular. He's, um, he's a great lad. And like I say, there's so many... Martin Murray, Rocky Fielding, Sam Cattrall. They've all got similar traits, actually, haven't they, really? I mean, Martin and Carl, especially, I mean, we probably know them the best, but and Rocky as well, but Mm. Martin definitely is one of those salt-of-the-earth types of characters around St. Helens. Down to earth, the the, the sort of people, I think Ricky Atten was the sort of of mould where people can relate to you, they'll look at you and think, you know what, I can sit in the pub at the bar with you and have a pint and you won't know any different, you won't know you're a superstar, and, uh, and I think it goes a long way with people that, you know, we walk through Belfast on fight week, and people can't believe that Carl Frampton's walking through Belfast on fight week, but he just shrugs his shoulders it's like it's just a normal day. One of the most amusing things with Carl, when, once obviously he wins, and he does that quite regularly, is that on his Twitter he goes, right, I'll be in this pub on such and such a time. I'm not, I'm not having a bevy, but I'll get the bevies in, no yeah. bother. Come, and he's legit, he's not winding anybody up, turns yeah. up and he's put behind the bar pulling everybody a pint. Exactly, and that's a, that's a, a prime example of why he's so popular he's just one of, the, one of the lads well if you could have a word with him and maybe do it round our neck of the woods mate because Belfast is a bit of a trek for me and Nick if you can do it in Salford <laughs> you know, we can get the beer in Weem in Salford that'd be tremendous in Salford though yeah, that's the problem fair, you, can get, you can get a flight for 40 quid <laughs> <laughs> but the the prospect now of obviously training him to fight maybe in a world title unification yep. 
uh, in at Windsor Park. I mean, that is what dreams are made of, isn't it? That's the, that's the big stuff. That's It's massive. Um, do you know, I got through in the deep end as a trainer and it's done me the world of good. I got my second fight ever heading the corner was outdoors with Tommy Kyle fighting Derry Matthews for the Commonwealth title. Mm. Yep. So I had to man up quick, so to speak. You know, I, I really had to sort of just go, listen, you just got to crack on with it now. You can't let this daunt you. In any Fade you, way. yeah. And, and then... What twelve months, eighteen months later? I'm in Atlantic City with Matt Macklin on HBO. Mm. You know, he's chief support over there. So I really have sort of been fast tracked into this job or, or the role that I'm playing at the moment. And when, in a weird sort of way, when I've sort of looked back and analysed it, I think to myself, when when I look at my boxing career, you know, I never got a world title shot. I felt like I deserved one, and you know. I would have snapped someone's hand off if, if it had been offered one, I'm sure, if, if I was around now when the, the boxing the way it is with yeah. Eddie. And There's no question about that, mate. No question. I'd have got an opportunity, but when I look back at it now, I think to myself, is the reason I didn't get one, the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing You're now? You're getting deep on me was, again now, aren't you? Was, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Because when I look back at it, I think to myself, maybe I was never meant to get that. Maybe my boxing career was like a learning curve for me to then set that forward and pass that knowledge on yeah, to yeah. people and help them in their careers. Mm. Well, we're looking forward to that because that's the fight that me and you have been calling from... Uh, in January, me and Nick sit down and we say, right, what domestic fights, what world what fights most- do we want to see the most? Frampton Selby, and this is no disrespect to Josh Warrington because he's in a fight next week. It could it could go either way. But Frampton Selby has always been on our lips. And if yeah. we can make that four wins apart for a world title... My days, eh? That's Absolutely. proper, that, isn't it? And I'm sure you the know, fans in Northern Ireland will love that. I think that makes perfect sense. Obviously, there's a reason why Frank's got all these guys signed to the same banners that he can make these super fights happen. Um, and I just think that would be absolutely thrilling for Windsor Park as well. I think it's a great fight as well. I think mm. Selby's a great fighter, don't get me wrong. But we also said at the start of the year as well, don't forget, which camp would we like to join? And by that, we mean which camp away from home and, you know, I'm still waiting for our invitation out to Lanzarote, aren't we? To, to, to <laughs> Tenerife, sorry, I've been practising my karaoke. Oh. I'm ready to go. Mm. I'm ready to go. Well, that's it. A lot of people just think that you guys go out there and sing Cotton Eye Joe, mate. That's, yeah, that's exactly. how it goes down. No, we're off there again a week on Monday. And as I say, Tommy, Tommy Coyle is uh, he's one of them people where he has to sort of put his life out on social media. And, you know, it's a great thing for the fans. I've got to be honest. It was fantastic over there. But... That's a little snapshot of, of a moment in time. And, you know, th- there were so many funny scenarios what unfolded on, on, on that holiday. But if you'd have seen the amount of work them lads put in. Um, I've been going to Tenerife training myself as a fighter and then I've been over there with Tommy from five years ago. I've done training camps with different fighters as well, with like Ricky Boylan and stuff. And it was a bit of a learning curve then over the last sort of three or four years up until this point for me as well because I'd done it myself, but I just sort of, played along with it and I went mm. all the mountain running but I didn't really understand why I was doing it I just knew it was hard yeah. mm. and then I've I've took it on myself to learn about it and the science behind it is is massive um, so I think it, all those lessons have brought us to this point now where we're able to go over there and, and make sure we do it right yeah. and you've got to be able to graft hard but You've got to be out of, of course, as well. yeah, exactly. And this yeah. and this Proofs comes back. Well, this comes back to something that you say all the time, and and we bring up the people like Javonta Davis, we bring up the people like uh, Adrian Broner, who were supposed to be the next. 
coming of Floyd yeah. Mayweather. Now, Floyd Mayweather will show you, listen, I'm driving this car this week, I'm wearing this watch this yeah. week, I'm hanging out. out this nightclub at exactly four in the morning. That. Exactly. It doesn't show you the hours that he trains. And that's and that's why, watching these videos, because I followed the trips on Martin Murray's social media, because he's great on social media as well. And you're like, all I'm seeing is the nighttime stuff when they're relaxing, when they're trying to, when they're yeah, having a bit of a laugh. Yeah. You but, don't need to know what I'm doing. What you miss is the graft, and you don't need to show the world your graft. Let the world, let them just see you relaxing and take your fighters lightly. Great. Yeah, and I, I've said this to the lads a lot. I said, listen, be careful what you put on social media while we're in the gym, because I like to work on a lot of tactics and breaking things down or repetitive stuff. So if, yeah. I, if I pick something out, I'll have them doing it again and again and again. So I don't want people's opponents watching their videos and seeing what we're doing. So I say, be really careful about what you put out there. I don't mind them putting the karaoke in or someone getting kicked. So, you know, yeah, there were a lot of that going on to be fair. <laughs> Martin Murray's singing's a, well, it's a different level, isn't it? Let's be straight. The cotton eye jaw He's vibe. Dancing. His dancing's phenomenal. Well, he does. He's a singer dancer now. If he ever does pack this boxing lark in, that's he's an X Factor candidate. He, oh, he's the got the full package, the lad. That's the reason the show's called the X Factor. We can't really put our finger on what Martin's got. He's just got the X Factor. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it all coming into uh, fruition uh, at the back end of June when he takes up Billy Joe Saunders for that middleweight crown. Uh, stick around because we're going to be speaking to uh, Gareth A. Davis. He's out in the States at this moment in time. Uh, he's gone to a Bellator event, but I've no doubt he's got a thought process as well on L- uh, Linares and Lomachenko. Uh, we'll get him on the show next. You're listening to TalkSport. Uh, Bellator 200 comes live from SSE Arena Wembley on Friday the 25th of May and to celebrate TalkSport is giving away four VIP tickets to one lucky listener uh, the card is stacked with Croatian legend Mirko Krokop facing USA's Roy Big Country Nelson in an epic heavyweight showdown just head to TalkSport.com slash win to enter or get your tickets now at BellatorMMA.co.uk And on all things mixed martial arts and Bellator, live from the United States of America. I've been keeping up to date with his Instagram. I'd say something. I think he's got a personal photographer out there at the moment. Is the uh, is the warlock uh, Gareth Air Davis? How are you, mate? You good? I'm warlocking very well indeed. Thank you very much. Mm. How is that California sunshine treating you? Um, it's well as you've seen my dreamy Instagram photos. I was put on out now on at Talk Sports. Um, no, I mean, it's treating me very well. I mean, I, you know, if, if there's one antidote, antidote Adam, to the, um, to the terrible start we've had to the year, and I know we've had good weather in the UK the last few days, it's coming out and covering big fight events on the West Coast of America. And you know me, as you've said many times, my co-host, if there's a trip going to the States, he's on a plane. <laughs> That's it. You're like Judith Chalmers, mate. You're always abroad. Uh, listen, quick one on uh, on Bellator tonight. What can uh, we expect from that particular card? And then, obviously, I want to talk to you about uh, Lomachenko and Linares because we're all big fans of those two yeah. boys. Go for it, mate. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's... Um, look, um, Mola Wall against Ryan Bader. Ryan Bader's the, the Bellator light heavyweight champion. We're here in San Jose, Shark Centre, it's called... The Shark Tank, rather, the SAP Center here in San Jose. It's a brilliant venue. It's a, there's not a bad view in any seat in the house. Um, it's a real MMA cradle around here. It's, you know, San Jose, Sacramento, Los Angeles, all the way along this coast. It, you know, MMA's huge. Um, look, it's, it's a great fight between Mola Wall and Ryan Bader. A very even fight. Probably the best on paper fight. Um, 
you know, between uh, the four heavyweight quarterfinal uh, uh, in the heavyweight Grand Prix. Um, you know, not to mention, of course, Frank Mir and, and Fedor Emelianenko in Chicago two weeks ago. Cause when, with Fedor winning, everyone just gets so excited, which he did. It's a really hard one to call. Bader and Molo look in really great shape. Um, that'll be a great fight. Paul Daly, of course, is, is the chief support against John Fitch. So it'll either be a man knocking another man out or another man calling over another man like an earthworm for 15 minutes. Mm. Um, that's, because that's the style of John Fitch. Paul Daly, probably one of the most dangerous KO artists in the whole of MMA, of course, from Nottingham, originally from London. Um, got in Fitch's face at the weigh-in yesterday. Not, not, no one's shenanigans, but you know, got, his, got his face in Fitch to remind him that's how close he wants to be on the night standing. Um, you know, the event gets underway in about an hour here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know me, I, I, I think Bellator are doing good things. And of course, they come to London, Adam, in two weeks' time on May 25th. And I spoke to Scott Coker about that just yesterday. About what a big event it is for Bellator to come to London. You know, we thought uh, about London being the location for the event. Um, we said we got to do something really special. And you know, Gegard Musashi fighting his title fight. I think that would, already is a main event. And then we threw Mirko on top with Roy Nelson. I mean, that, that to be brought it over the top. And to have MVP make his comeback and have Aaron on the, on the fight guard and, and, uh, and um, you know, Phil Davis. Um, against Linton. Yeah, against I mean, Linton. I mean, it goes just, on and on and on. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. every fight is going is to be amazing. And so it's a, it's a fight card we're really proud of. And I think for, you know, to call that event Bellator 200, we're very proud of that. And to celebrate that, uh, here at TalkSport, we are giving you uh, an opportunity to win four VIP tickets for Bellator 200 at uh, Wembley Arena. I'll tell you all about that uh, in a couple of moments. So you can be uh, cage side with the warlock himself on uh, Friday, the 25th of May. Uh, listen, I know that this event starts in about an hour, Gareth. Are you going to have a sneaky laptop on or some type of stream uh, to check what's going on at Madison Square Garden tonight? Because let's be honest, mate, this is... This, this I, I'm going to say it. It's at that time of night where I think I can get away with it. This is basically boxing porn, isn't it, from the Madison Square Garden tonight? <laughs> well, <laughs> um, yeah, it is. If, if look, if, if that Bellator 200, the Champions League final, and uh, and and the UFC that's going on in Liverpool is is Nick Peat porn. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. He loves a bit of that. It's all. It's all. It's a bit too scouse for me. That mate. Come on, like, get me on this Madison Square Garden tonight. Let's have it. No, it, look for me. It's, this is a fantastic matchup. Not only are they great personalities, they've got both got good followings. It's a trade fight, but it's also a fan fight, and it's one that's crossed over. Jorge Linares is one of the most wonderful men you'll ever meet in fight sports. Vasil Lomachenko is simply. A killer. I used the the Nomaschenko in our last chat in in the midweek on on yeah. your extra time show ad. And and look, I, I just think that when you think that that Linares himself has come up three weight divisions to lightweight, um, but he's done it over you know a, a long career. Um, but Lomachenko's come up in twelve fights. I just think Lomachenko will have too much vim, too much vigor, too many angles, too much. Attack, too many attacking options. And I really do think he's going to stop Linares tonight. Very few people think he will. Mm. But I think he'll start breaking him up by around eight or nine. I think he'll stop him in the 10th or 11th rounds. I don't know if, how you guys have, uh, have seen it so far. 
Very similar. Very, very, very similar. Um, everybody that we've spoken to, other than Anthony Crawler, who's a good friend of uh, uh, Linares, uh, believes that uh, he will do the business tonight. But uh, I think we're all firm, uh, firm fans of uh, Lomachenko. Also on that card, by the way, and Jamie probably is uh, best to qualify to uh, speak about this man because Michael Conlon's on this card as well. Uh, the Irish fight fans uh, in New York are uh, something else. Obviously, you've experienced the Irish fight fans in Belfast of late. The atmosphere in, in Madison Square Garden will be ridiculous tonight, won't it? It should be. It should be fantastic. It will be absolutely amazing, gents. I mean, I, I um, experienced Michael Conlon's debut against Tim Ibarra there. Um, when was it? It was March last year, actually. Conor McGregor was there, of course, walked him down. So, you know, the theatre only takes... That was the theatre that night in mm. Madison Square Garden. It takes about seven, 8,000. It's all on the speech bank, and you sit down in the media at the bottom with three rows of seats or four rows of seats behind a small banking on the other side, and it was off the charts. Conlon, for me, is going to be a big star. Uh, Adam Booth, the Dark Lord, will be there, of course. He's doing great guns at the moment. And, uh, you know, I think as we learned with him on the show last week, he's got, he's got the three amigos here, the three men, Ryan Burnett, uh, Michael Connell, and Josh Kelly, who really could propel him into trainer of the world state, you know, trainer of the world status once more, because... That, the roof's going to come off the place tonight. I mean, it's as simple as that. I mean, you've got the whole kind of Eastern European um, lilt in boxing coming in, and they'll be support, supporting Vasil Lomachenko. Bob Aram was in his regal way, where he lifts his hand up to his head, as he does in a very slow manner, or a la Queen. Um, you know, as he gets to the ring, he's a venerable character these days. He's done a brilliant job on the promotion. I just think, uh, you know, we, we, I say this every week. We're in a special time in boxing, and everywhere you look, there's someone special emerging from every corner of every ring. We are blessed right now, gents, to be, to be observing, writing, broadcasting, talking, and enjoying it with the fans. Gareth, just a quick one before I let you go. Obviously, um, we had Eddie Hearn on a little earlier on talking about his, uh, his new deal, uh, which is obviously concentrating on uh, stateside fighting. Obviously, here in the UK, it's gone down extremely well because we're getting an extra 16 fights. We are Sky subscription. What's it gone like with the, with, with the American press this week? Well, Aaron Pico is a fantastic uh, wrestler, Golden Gloves boxer, one of the young rising stars in mixed martial arts over here. Um, he's fighting on this card. And he was saying to me that he wants to get on Eddie um, Hearn's matching cards in America now. I think it's gone down extremely well. Eddie's very popular over here. They love his cheeky, chatty kind of Essex style. Um, and, you know, they, they, they think a lot of him. And everyone's saying this man is going to be Don King and Bob Arum rolled together within two years. He's going to be the biggest promoter in the world. He'll be bigger than Al Heyman. And I think that's what Eddie's intention is, gents, to be the biggest man out there. And you know what? People poo-pooed me signing, um, him signing Deontay Wilder uh, a few weeks ago. Eddie Hearn has now got the clout, I think, if he wants to draw Deontay Wilder and draw out this contest uh, in, in a longer-term scenario with, with Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua, I think he might well have the power to do this with this perform platform now. It's a staggering deal, isn't it? A billion dollars, it's unheard of in British boxing. And I think only a fellow like Eddie Hearn at this, he's very bold, isn't he? And I think it's a very bold move as well. There'll be risks we don't know about yet. But if there's a bold man in boxing, then it's the blusterous Hearn. 
Top man. Listen, you enjoy your, your Bellator showdown tonight, my friend. We'll catch you next week. Uh, back on the show, don't forget, Bellator 200 comes live from SSE Arena Wembley on Friday the 25th of May. To celebrate, TalkSport is giving you the opportunity to win four VIP tickets. Uh, the card is stacked uh, with the Croatian legend Mirko Krokop. He's taking on Roy Nelson in an epic heavyweight showdown. Go to TalkSport.com slash win to enter. You can get your tickets now at BellatorMMA.co.uk. Stick around uh, because next week, Jamie's got Jack Catterall on the uh, card at Ellen Road. We're looking forward to that. And we're also going to preview the main event between Selby and Warrington. Could be an absolute cracker. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to TalkSport. Cage Rage on TalkSport with Bellator 200. The epic MMA showdown coming to Wembley this May. Go to BellatorMMA.co.uk. UK to get your tickets now. It's now becoming a bit of an anthem at uh, the boxing. Neil Diamond, Sweet Caroline. You know that you you know it's fight time when you're in the changing room and this starts ringing round, don't you? We're generally in the tunnel waiting yeah, to yeah. the ring walk when you just at the back end of it and uh, it's a great atmosphere it still makes me think of Rocky Fielding's ring walk it is Rocky Fielding stolen from Rocky Fielding anyway they've robbed it that's what's happened they've gone yeah. up to Liverpool Eddie and he's gone this is alright we'll pinch this <laughs> we'll have this because <laughs> I remember when he did when he fought Callum they played it twice, didn't they? They played it to rev the crowd up, and they said, "Right, here comes Rocky Fielding," and they played it back to back. Stick it straight back on. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was tremendous. Uh, next week, we're quite blessed at the moment here in the UK. Oh, by the way, you're listening to Talksport, just in case you're just wondering who these three clowns having a little bit of a crack. Uh, Nick, Pete, and Jamie Moore with me. Um, we're quite blessed at the moment in the UK uh, that we're getting quite a lot of stadium fights. Obviously, we've had uh, Wembley. We've had uh, Cardiff on Millennium two separate Stadium, yeah. occasions. We've obviously had Goodison, myself and you, when we went to go and watch Bell, you do his thing. And next week, we're off to uh, uh, to Ellen Road. Uh, your boy Jack Catterall's in action. Now, I just want to point this out. You can tell him, obviously, me and Jack share the uh, same surname, but we're not related yet. I haven't found uh, any type of way that I can get 10% yet, all right? But we'll get there eventually. But uh, not uh, January just gone, January before. Picked him as my prospect of the year, didn't I? He's absolutely he flying, he's the boy. He's absolutely flying. He's not a prospect anymore because this kid's legit. Um, I know that you're going to say that you believe he can go all the way, but how quickly do you think we're going to see him now move over the next six to 12 months? Um Quite quickly, definitely. He's just give the British title up because, you know, going back to what we were saying earlier on about world title shots and some t- you can't turn one down because you never know if you're going to get the opportunity again. And there's a potential there with Terry Flanagan. Mm. You know, the, Terry's fight, fighting for the vacant title. He's ranked highly, Jack, with WBO, isn't he? He's number four, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so you know, potentially they're in the same camp if Teddy Flanagan can win the the title at super lightweight, then sets up a a big fight if um, if Frank Warren wants to do it. So he had a mandatory for the British. He was WBO Intercontinental Champion, and they said, you know, which way do you want to go? Do you want to hang around for twelve months trying to win the Lonsdale belt outright, or do you want to push yourself towards putting a bit of pressure on Teddy Flanagan and maybe get the opportunity to fight for the world title? So you know, he decided we can always do the British title again if. Yeah. We want to in mm-hmm. the future, so let's um, you know aim high. And he's definitely got the potential. He's got the talent. He's got the work ethic. And as good as he is at the moment, I don't even think we've scratched the surface. I really don't. I think the stuff what he's showing me in the gym now already after 
what, three months? I was going to say, it's relatively a mm. brand new relationship, isn't it? I yeah. mean, I think you were together, what, four weeks and then bang, five, you had a fight, five, you're on. Yeah, five weeks and they done me a favour, uh, MTK who look after him, they they put him on their small show, a non-TV show in Manchester, in yeah. Preston, just to get him a run out, just so we could have a sort of trial run before he, he had this fight. This is a 12-rounder. Mm-hmm. And, um, and like I say, just early impressions are... He's a terrific talent and he's got loads of bags of potential in the future. He's 24 years old. He's, got, he's going to improve a hell of a lot over the next few years. It's like left-footed fight, uh, left-footed footballers. They have a wand of a left foot. You don't have a wand of a right foot if you're a, left, if, if you're a footballer, do you? Obviously, southpaws, there's something sexy about watching a southpaw and the boy can do the business. He's, he's all right, all right, don't claim, <laughs> don't claim it yourself, sticking your hand up there. But there is, there's something quite beautiful about looking that. We, you can say that when there's a southpaw in the room. If, that's why I said it. If Jim was an, <laughs> if Jim was an orthodox fighter, he'd be no, no, they do, everything they do is absolutely backwards. wrong, it's all backwards. Every southpaw should be burned at the stake. That's what both orthodox fighters say. But in terms of Jack's career, we heard from, obviously, Kelly Sowland was on earlier in the show and we spoke to him about World Boxing Super Series. Super. He was talking about potential for super lightweights. If the opportunity arose, would, would you push Jack down that route? Do you know, ideally you'd like a bit longer because, as I say, I just believe we're scratching the surface with him. Mm. I think over the next 12 to two, twelve months to two years, he's going to improve a hell of a lot. But those opportunities don't come around that often. Mm. So I wouldn't be not confident to put him in there. I've got to be honest with you because I think that's how talented he is. He is, But I'd rather have him a little bit more time but beggars can't be choosers. If that opportunity came up then I'd definitely snatch that hand off, yeah. No, absolutely, man. I'm looking forward to seeing him do his thing on the undercard next week. The main event, obviously, there's a little bit of needle between these two and I kind of like that. We love a little bit of needle between the main event Yeah. when they start giving it a bit with the verbals. Let's see what it's all about. Now, obviously, We've said on this show on many occasions, we're massive fans of Selby. We think Selby is absolutely tremendous. But over the last year to 18 months, Josh Warrington's just started to Start make me people think. away. He started to stop people. The power started to come around, you know what I mean? And he's talking the talk. He's in his own backyard. He's fighting in front of his own fans. Can't back against him in this, can you? You can't. And I think Selby, as good as he is and as talented as he is, the big question mark for me is the size of him. You know, he's such a big featherweight. And he controls the fights, usually from distance, yeah. at long range. He's awkward, uses his awkwardness. Josh Warrington's a pressure fighter. Mm-hmm. He doesn't punch that hard, especially at world level. But that means that he works hard and he doesn't load up, which, you know, bring their own uh, problems for the opponents as well. So I think Selby, on paper, when you look at it, he should win it quite comfortably. But going off his last performance and yeah. going off Josh Warrington's last performance, if Josh can... Force the pace early, mm. you know, try and drag a bit of gas out of the tank on, from Selby's point. I think if by the halfway point, if he's there or thereabouts and he's been pushing Selby, you know, pace-wise, I think he, he could end up a close fight. I think down the stretch, Selby could be left hanging on and Warrington could be pushing. I still think Selby will win, I've got to be honest. He, I think he'll win it on points, but I think it'll be a lot closer than people think. Yeah. The, atmos- the atmosphere is going to play a exactly. massive point, isn't it? Don't the atmosphere in Belfast for, for Frampton, the atmosphere in Ellen Road when these Yorkshiremen come out for Warrington, because he's been talking about this for so long. We know he's got a massive following anyway. He's driving this whole car at Ellen Road. He's the one that's brought the world champion to his doorstep because he's got such a magnificent following. You know, I, I, I'm giving him little chance, but you know what? I give Ricky Hatton a little chance against Costa too, and I was there that night when he completely and utterly threw that one out the window and destroyed Sue. It, it just wouldn't surprise and me at you, all if Warrington you know, just turned up and was fight, fighters like Warrington with that sort of style and and with the mindset Warrington has, 
when you get this opportunity to fight for a world title, it takes you to another level. Yeah. He's so determined as a fighter, he's going to bring the best out in him. And yeah. Selby's going to contain him early on, but for how long? That's the big question. And Selby's coming off a bad year. You know, the last 12 months have not been great in the career of Lee Selby, both outside the ring and inside the ring. His performances have been quite flat. He's had a couple of fights cancelled at last minute and everything else. It's been a bit of a mess. He needs mm. a bit more rhythm. He wants to prove he's the best featherweight on the planet. But he's, he's literally got to go into Lions Den to keep the, hold of his belt. The one danger for me, f- for Josh Warrington's point of view, is over eagerness. Yeah. You know, is he going to get let the is the crowd going to have a negative effect on him? Is mm. it going to push him too far? Is he going to start making mistakes and walk into shots by Selby? Because you know Selby's not a massive puncher, but he's sharp, he's accurate, he's class. And Warrington rushing in and, and walking into the shots will double the impact. Mm. Yeah. One thing that I will say is that obviously lying in wait will be your one of your other charges. Possibly, yeah. I mean, I've got to be honest, there have been uh, talks with Valdez because Carl's now the interim WBO champion. Yep. So at some point, you know, if he keeps hold of that belt, then then Valdez is going to he's gonna have to fight him. How um, long's Valdez out for? Because he's obviously, off the back of the quick fight, he's got told, broken jaw. Yeah, yeah, we've been told he's back in the gym. Now, whether he's sparred yet or not, I don't know. But, you know, Carl's fight's, what, 15 weeks off? So he's, he's over three months, nearly four months away. So, potentially, you know, they are talking. I know they are talking, and and they're seeing whether he can be ready because he definitely wants to fight for a world title. That's a fight, that isn't it? Oh yes, that's a fight, is that, mate? Well, style wise, I think Selby's a a good clash of styles because Carl Carl's adaptable. He can he can fight in many different styles, as you seen last time. Mm. But I think the Valdez fight is a it's got you know a remake of the Santa Cruz first fight all over it again. It's it's going to be a right tear up and. Um, you know, I'm more than confident. After seeing what the way Carl performed last time, I'm more than confident we can go in against any style and overcome it. But uh, but Valdez, is, um, he brings a lot of danger. I, I think that's the carrot for this for next weekend. I think that's the carrot waiting for Selby and Warrington. The, the carrot is to go and fight Frampton in, yeah. in, in, on a massive, massive night. So. Mm. On pressures on both these guys to perform next weekend. Looking forward to it. Have a good weekend next weekend with Jack. Looking Thank forward you. to uh, seeing him doing his thing. Thank you so much for being with us tonight, mate. Um, we will be back next week for more fight night action. Make sure you come and join us. Uh, this is your home of boxing, TalkSport uh, Fight Night. And the podcast will be available for you via iTunes and via the TalkSport website, TalkSport.com, TalkSport.co.uk, should I say. Uh, make sure you go and check it out. You can subscribe to us and you get all this carry on on a week-by-week basis. And there's loads of exclusives on there as well. We'll catch you next time.